For as long as video games have been around, controversy has never been far away. There are some who blame them for inciting violence, sexism, and racism in young players, while others, including many a U.S. senator, have gone a step further and named violent video games as a leading cause of mass shootings across the United States. Other, more reasonable opponents simply worry about their addictive nature and the predatory tactics of some modern game developers. Whatever your view on the matter, most people agree a video game on its own can't hurt you. But what if that isn't true? What if there was a game out there so insidious that it went far beyond the scope of just having a negative effect on players? A game that had the power to kill. A game that posed such a risk to those who played it that all traces of it had to be destroyed. This is the story of Polybius, the most dangerous video game ever created. And this is a game from the internet. Welcome to the first and maybe only episode of It Came From The Internet, the show where we dive into all the myths, mysteries and weird, just general weirdness from the internet. And uh, hopefully a lot of you will recognise my voice from another podcast, a certain survival podcast for movies, for people who take movies too seriously. If you're asking where is Shane, he, uh, I'm looking at him. I'm right Hello here. Shane. Hello um, Johnny. I was about to say it's weird, I was going to say sitting across from me is Shane. But you're not. This is a remote recording. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I, I almost said that. I feel like I'm sitting across from you. That's how close we are. You're, you're never that far away. Yeah, so this is a new, uh, we're calling this a pilot. We're going to uh, try out a new uh, a new podcast. Uh, the intention is that we will have other guests. It won't always just be the two of us. Specifically, we want, or not we want, we have a third man that's going to be joining us. We hope here usually, but uh, he wasn't available this week. He's up celebrating the Queen's Jubilee or something, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's doing it for the right reason. He's getting paid to do it. You know, I feel like as this is a, a pilot or a first episode, whatever you want to call it, it probably makes sense that it's uh, just the two of us. So to avoid this uh, becoming becoming like our, our other podcast, let's just get straight into it. We're going to start with a topic that, I'll be honest, has kind of been done to death in regards to myths and mysteries and just, well, I was going to say, consp- it's not really a conspiracy, but just myths and mysteries from the internet. But considering this is the first episode, it's probably good to get like a big one out of the way because it could be the type of thing that people would keep requesting. Uh, So maybe it's best to do this first. Plus is my favorite uh, internet urban legend. And some people would claim it's not an internet urban legend because if you believe the the legend itself, it's meant to begin in 1981. But even if those stories were true, and that's a massive if, it only got popular because of the internet. So, what does the word Polybius mean to you, Shane, if anything? Absolutely nothing. That's good. <laughs> it'll mean... It'll mean I, I know nothing about this topic, which I think is the fun thing about this. I don't know what to expect. Which, which won't always be the case, because some topics are just going to be more known than others. But uh, a lot of people listening uh, will know what I'm about to talk about. But a lot of people won't, but they'll know the word Polybius because it means a lot of different things. For some, it'll mean the ancient Greek historian uh, and author of the histories, who interestingly was also like a major critic of like historical records that weren't verified, which kind (laughs) of relates to this, uh, what we're about to talk about. It's also the name uh, in cryptography, it's the name, uh, the Polybius Square, uh, which gets its name from the same Greek historian. And in Greek, if there's any Greek speakers out there, it literally means many lives. But if you were a regular to a select few video game arcades in the suburbs of Portland, Oregon in the fall of 1981, it would remind you of the most dangerous video game that was ever created. Does that, does that excite you? Yes. The legend is the cabinets for this uh, fabled game started appearing in a handful of arcades in Portland uh, in the fall of 81. Uh, some versions of the myth put the number at like half a dozen, but... All the earliest uh, tellings 
of the legend you find on the internet uh, say it was only two like there was two arcades in portland that had this this arcade game and it was just portland and nowhere else just portland that that's the one consistent throughout all the different versions everybody's account of this urban legend the one consistent uh fact is that it was only in portland uh but but all the earliest versions said it was only two arcades so that's um kind of what's accepted as canon now i actually like yeah i went looking (laughs) like done a proper deep dive and found that the apparent home of the the first cabinet was in the malibu grand prix arcade in beverington oregon uh, which is like a a franchised chain of like go-kart tracks and arcades it's still open today but uh they didn't reply to me on twitter i was trying to confirm if uh there's any truth in, in this machine but i get it's under new ownership it's like gone through like four different owners since then yeah, yeah and they probably hear that constantly and are sick of it yeah but uh so according to the legend this game uh just randomly appeared no real fanfare or anything it wasn't like a big release by atari or nintendo so nobody knew what it was it just appeared randomly one day or two of them appeared randomly one day and it turned out it started to um, get a bit of a, get quite a following really quickly because it was said to be highly addictive and there was lines forming around the machines and even like fights would would regularly break out uh, <laughs> and then like after like prolonged playthroughs of it uh, well maybe not after playing it maybe from the withdrawals from not playing it players started to experience nausea migraines strange nightmares and even started to feel resentment towards video games entirely after the effect of playing polybius wore off wow and there's one player is alleged to have become gone into politics essentially and become a a crusading anti-video game activist (laughs) though i couldn't find any evidence of anybody from portland there would have been that age in portland in 1981 yeah becoming an anti-video game crusader but uh, that's part of the myth anyway <laughs> that's brilliant but but so far the story isn't too remarkable it's like noteworthy but it won't be the first or last time like uh, video game addiction led to some mental health problems and, and physical yeah. health problems but where this story gets more uh foreboding i guess is the stories of men in black suits who would uh, visit arcades after closing time or like really early in the morning and uh, just go to the back of the machines and download data from them. Interesting. According, according to uh, the game's uh, CoinOp entry, CoinOp.org is a, a database kind of like IMDB, but for yeah. video games, for arcade games, I guess. Um, but it's where a lot of the information from the Polybius myth actually comes from. Yeah. But according to an entry on CoinOp, uh, an arcade owner from Portland, again, anonymous, of course, he's quoted as saying, they're not interested, he's talking about the men in black here, they're not interested in quarters or anything. They just come in, collect information about how the game's played. Yeah, and there are even reports uh, of some players committing suicide or even disappearing within a couple of months of playing the game wow. um, around that same time all the cabinets well depending on which version of the story it's either half a dozen or two but the cabinets uh, are one night they just disappear from the arcade after a suicide and some missing people yeah well the, the, again it depends on the story in the first few versions of this story that made its way online there was no suicides it was just it caused nightmares and paranoia and stuff so that's the legend what do you think so far of that story that's pretty cool <laughs> i'd never heard, i really have genuinely never heard of this um but actually now you saying uh polybus or polybus and seeing it written down to me it yeah it, it's somewhere in the back of my brain it associates with that kind of like an arcade game or something i've i've definitely heard that before but that's but that's about it but i don't you, you might have subconsciously subconsciously taken it in because it is referenced in a lot of uh, pop culture it's a uh, in the background of an episode of simpsons during an ah. arcade and there's a polybius machine uh most recently in loki when loki ah, goes to okay. when loki meets all the other lokis and they're in like a bunker mm. and have all these artifacts from different yep. universes and polybius is in the background there 
Ah, I think okay. the implication in Loki might be that Loki built Polybius. Yeah. Because there's also a reference that he was also D.B. Cooper in that series as well. So yeah, There's a lot right. of references to, like, mysteries. But uh, so in terms of believability so far, how do you feel about a story like that, about, like, a, a video game that could cause psychological damage to the users? Um, especially the arcade games, like, if you got a specific sound and light frequency i could see how it would cause headaches and nausea definitely whether it's intentional or not yeah yeah and that was a problem at the time like even you look at some old atari games yeah the the flashing lights was so much worse than what you'd see in games nowadays because people didn't really understand epilepsy and stuff yeah a lot of people would have epilepsy like they went undiagnosed and then suddenly they're playing space invaders or something and have a fit in an arcade yeah yeah. i've Um, never had one before so it's automatically linked to the game as opposed to just flashing lights in a dark room yeah and then kind of the other i can get how if it's a good game and it's addictive that it become popular but then as a like tie that in with headaches and nausea and pre-existing mental health conditions Mm. i can see how it can result in you know, being associated with um, maybe a suicide and stuff. But then does it just fall into the same realm of like um, satanic panic, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you don't go with the the idea of it being like an MKUltra-like experiment doesn't come to your mind? Oh, I should have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Because when I first heard about this back... I heard about this maybe 2013, 2014 was the first time I came Mm. across it. I think that was my, or not, maybe not my first thought, but it definitely came to that conclusion. But also, like, even in, in 2013, it was harder to verify stuff. Yeah. And when I first came across this story, I think it could have been on, like, a Reddit thread or something, and somebody had linked to a ROM of the game, like, claiming that they had managed to get one of the original um, circuit boards and been able to take the ROM for it and put it on PC and they had a download link for oh. it and I downloaded it and it started up and I was like oh my god this class, I'm going to get to play this dangerous game yeah. and like it starts like an old arcade game and it has the the uh, title screen and everything yeah. and then like when you hit play it just crashes and then a thing comes up saying you've been owned or whatever or pawned oh. or no it was in April Fool's yeah I think it was just April Fool's oh, okay. it was released it wasn't on... uh, what's the name Rick Rowan <laughs> alright no, no that's no. where I thought that's where it was going to go <laughs> same thing you know what it might have been it might have been before when was that oh, when that was early enough 2000s internet but I think I maybe I had been reading about I might have just come across MK Ultra around that time too so that's probably why i was thinking yeah it's funny you say that because i just finished listening to another podcast um they did a deep dive on mk ultra and it should have occurred to me because it's it's been in my recent you can say their name uh sorry the last podcast on the left last podcast on the left did a deep dive on it and it was really interesting you said it really like you were trying to avoid saying their name like their competition no i was just like i don't know is it cool to do that or not um Basically, <laughs> but it was good. It's really good if you want to know more about MK Ultra. I'd recommend their deep dive on it because they do about four or five parts on it, and there was a lot of crazy experiment. And I had that moment of as you were telling that story where I thought about that, but then I thought, I oh, know, but they didn't do it. Oh no, no, yeah, they did really crazy shit. <laughs> I kind of it's one of the things you kind of think, oh yeah, MK Ultra was real and happened, but you hear it referenced so much as like a go to oh, this crazy thing happened, it must have been an MK Ultra. You know what I mean? It's it's almost used as if it wasn't real, but it did was real. But also weirder things have happened when it comes to the American government and like PSYOPs yeah. and stuff. Like I read a book, um, a lot of people probably, you've probably heard of it, because Con Brothers made a movie loosely based on it, uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yes, yeah. It's a, uh, John Ronson wrote it and Daxar Chronicles, they're, I guess you'd call them experiments from like 1983. Actually, is it, it could be 1981, so around the time Polybius showed up, up, up to the second Iraq war. Wow. And some of this stuff, like obviously from the title, there's the obvious one, the, having guys that they thought were telekinetic to stare at goats until they killed them. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the point is, they've done things not too dissimilar to the, the Polybius legend because the US government had um, 
they've dabbled in using video games as a training tool with the military yeah. and they've started doing that in 1982 is 1980 as well yeah with there's an, an atari game uh, called battle zone and and it is kind of a war simulator anyway they they worked with atari to like re-engineer it into another game uh, i think it's called the bradley trainer is their name for it and it's just a more realistic version of the same game and it was used for training soldiers for target and um gunners oh wow that kind of feeds in then this whole idea that this might be where the polybius myth comes from for a period in the early 80s then because it was known that the u.s government had this version of battle zone there was a conspiracy that the actual battle zone that was in arcades was then being used as a recruitment tool that they were coming, looking at who got uh, the highest scores on it and then approaching them about joining the military. Which, I buy that completely. That that doesn't seem... If they're using yeah. that game to train soldiers, it would make sense to go around and look and see who's doing really well on that game because if they're doing better than the people who are already in the army, they're probably yeah. going to make better um, actual tank op- operators. I buy that 100%. I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a, a realistic version of, uh, is it Last Starfighter? Is that the movie? <laughs> I was going to say it's... the last flight of the Concorde, but yeah, last the last Starfighter. <laughs> last <laughs> mixing, the mixing up two different things. Uh, what is it? Is it flight of the Navigator? That's what you're thinking of. I was um, thinking Flight of the Concords, the New Zealand yeah. show as well. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Last Starfighter. That's a movie I must watch again. But anyway... The yeah, the rough concept of that is is a guy. Yeah, he's really good at basically space invaders, and then it turns out it's a training program for an alien fighter fighter pilot program. Obviously, it was influenced from those stories, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, now there is, there, but there is like a. Um, but that, that is believable. Like th- that that one yeah. is totally believable, but it's when you get into the effects of the game and it causing nightmares and suicides and people becoming or showing so much antipathy towards video games after that's where it gets a little weirder and there's a few things people could uh, maybe be confusing the game with because like so there is this there is people out there who at least 10 years ago on the internet swore that they played it and they described it as like being a the game itself so is is meant to be like a space shooter and most anecdotes compare it to the game Tempest from Atari, uh, okay. but with more of a puzzle or problem-solving kind of aspect to it and much superior graphics. And apparently yeah. every time you uh, progress to another level, the the psychedelic effects within the game kind of get a bit more trippy and more heightened. Interesting. Um, for, what, for what reason? Who knows? But... Uh, apparently that's how it uh how it played but of course there's no footage of it online yeah uh, which isn't inconsistent with the story because if the cabinets did only appear in two arcades for like two months in 1981 there's absolutely no reason there would be footage of it i guess yeah and no one would have an emulator yeah be no like the only people yeah. likely to have gameplay footage would be the people who created it and whether it was intended to cause like damage to the players or not they wouldn't want that getting out especially if it was only in two arcades if it was like a trial run on some game and it done this they would just try and bury it whether the, they're the cia or not yeah that really sounds like the most likely is that the the game just had yeah there's whatever some light frequency in it that started messing with people's heads yeah um. <laughs> the the only image that does exist of it is a a screen grab of the title screen. You know, just the the it's literally just the title Polybius in in a big font, the same style. Yeah. It's meant. There's also pictures of the arcade cabinet, and it's the same style font on that. And it just has that the oh, okay. uh, remaining player credits and a copyright notice of the developer. And that's yeah. kind of, there is other screen grabs of the game as well that uh, all mainly of like title screens, but they're all like, comp- look like a completely different game. But the one I just described is the yeah. only one that's kind of accepted as canon, for lack yeah. of a better word, uh, because it was there with, with the original Mets. Sort of anything that appeared on the internet post maybe 2008, let's say, is generally regarded as being like bullshit. 
because oh, okay. yeah, it, yeah. So it's- yeah, a lot of the, the more recent uh, eyewitness accounts or whatever just change the story too much. The people are like, well, that's clearly bullshit. Yeah. Now, just to be clear, when I say those things are bullshit and not the original, uh, that doesn't mean I believe the original either. I'm just saying, like, it's held up as being canon, <laughs> like, whether the story is true yeah. or not. But I mentioned, yeah, so there, there is a, a, a company credited with creating the game. Uh, they're called Synesthesian. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Uh, there's actually no real right way to pronounce it because it's a pseudo-German compound word. Uh, it's not actually uh, accurate, but it's... Uh, <laughs> okay. It's meant to mean sense deletion or mind deletion, ah, which suggests that its motives are a bit more sinister if the company that created it are, are named sense deletion. Yeah, that's dark. <laughs> that's kind of, that's weird. Now, actually, just go... Did this, did this come from East Germany in, <laughs> the, in 1982? <laughs> well, now what it might remind you of, you've seen the, um, the Darren Brown, uh, I don't know if it was a special or just like a... A segment in one of his shows where he created like a zombie arcade game. Did you see that? Um, I don't think so. No. For people that aren't aware, Darren Brown's like a magician, basically showman, a British guy. A lot of people probably know him, but um, he done a trick where yeah. he creates like a zombie shooter, and it's just a little arcade cabinet, and they leave it in a pub, and it hypnotizes one of the players and then like while he's under they bring him into a warehouse that's done to look like the game and then he wakes him up and they have like oh, actors as uh, zombies coming at him and he has to like shoot them and he thinks he's inside the game oh that's amazing it really has polybius vibes i must watch that that sounds cool yeah it's really good i'll send a link post it on social media yeah. let me set up social media for this <laughs> Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. Just actually to, to stick with the title screen as well. So like the image on first glance, I should have actually had a link to show you, but it doesn't really matter. I think I gave a good enough description. Yeah. On first glance, you're like, oh, that yeah, that looks like a, an accurate representation of the opening of a game from that time. But the biggest issue with it is the title's name is way too big for 1981. Oh, okay, yeah. It looks very much like how, like, a Nintendo game would look in 1986, which doesn't sound like that's that far apart, but in terms of how, like, computer games progressed, it really is. Like, in 1981, every kilobyte of the ROM was valuable real estate. Yeah. So they tended to keep all the artwork all the elaborate artwork for like the cabinets and the covers of video games they weren't wasting that memory on just the title screen of the game oh i know what you mean there's actually there's somebody had po- on one of the forums somebody had posted a nintendo game just called it just a pinball game and it's i think it was from 1985 and it looks much closer to how polybius looks if you compare yeah. it if you compare Polybius to games from 1981 and 1985, it looks much closer to 85. So that's why a lot of people would call it into question whether it's authentic or not. Yeah, because yeah, it's not how they were done at the time. Yeah. yeah. But then the other side of that is if this was like a MK Ultra like experiment or, you know, the CIA or the military industrial complex, they, their computer power and graphics probably would be far ahead of what the public were familiar with. Yeah, that's true. Isn't uh, the general rule that when we get a piece of technology now, it means that DARPA had it like seven years ago? Yeah, yeah. Like, e- even in simpler terms, like technology, so say like you get the latest phone, say you get the latest iPhone, Apple are probably three to five years ahead of that technology of what yeah, they're currently yeah. developing. Like they're basically selling you their old ideas that they've they've just refined them. So at the time, like the people at the forefront, think of what I just said about like it was the military went to Atari back then to develop the game to help them train soldiers. Because video yeah. games were such a new concept, it was only really people in the industry that knew how to develop them. So yeah, of course, yeah. maybe, like maybe now, like if there was a, a legend popped up now of a mysterious arcade machine well i'd be wondering like where the arcade was because i haven't seen an arcade in a long time but yeah. secondly i i'd be like okay maybe maybe it's way ahead of all the other arcade machines because they'd be working with like unreal engine 11 or whatever yeah <laughs> but i don't know maybe I'm, I'm looking for i'm trying to like find any 
anything to hold on to to make Polybius sound like it could be true because it's such a such a cool urban urban myth. I wish I'd known more about this. This is great. <laughs> but but the, as you were saying there, like it it's creeped into like it's been incepted into my mind from pop culture and me not even knowing what it was. Like that's um Oh, maybe that's part of that's how it spreads. It's like a Lovecraftian thing. You're aware of it. You never you didn't play the game. You weren't alive in nineteen eighty one. You didn't even hear the story about it, but yet you knew what it was. Yeah. I I imagine there's lots of people claim to have played it, even though they were never in Portland in the eighties or you know. They're like, Oh yeah, it was also it was also in um in, yeah, in no. my uh in my arcade in London. There's yeah. absolutely loads you know? of that. There, there, there's one, I, I came across one and it was from very early on in the, well, early on in terms of when they started to take, take fire on the internet, I guess. Take fire, is that even a phrase? You know what I mean. Yeah. Catch fire. <laughs> and there, you're exactly that. There was a guy saying it appeared in like a pub in London. Oh, really? Like, That's funny. Yeah, in like Essex or somewhere, or maybe somewhere a bit more remote, but near London. But yeah. essentially, he he was just retelling the same the original story, but put, making it sound more British. Yeah, like it was a snooker <laughs> hall in in S in nineteen eighty one instead of yeah. a go kart <laughs> arcade in Portland. <laughs> yeah, but, and you you read now you know well, clearly bullshit. Like you you just want you're getting in on the myth, but uh, you're too late. the The canon has yeah. already been established. Uh, now and so. Just to mention, so I said about the screen grab, there is a, a photo of the arcade cabinet itself. It appeared on arcademuseum.com very early. Uh, so oh, it's wow. kind of, it's held as canon. Yeah. It's an all black cabinet with just the game's title on the top marquee. The website has updated, uh, they do uh, on this website, they have like all the games listed in a class. I'm not sure what the normal what normal games are uh, listed in, but this one is yeah. just listed as concept, once off, or hoax. <laughs> it's one of those uh, three. Uh, I guess concept would probably pop up in, uh, a lot. Concept is probably when they make a cabinet first without even having a game. I'm sure that happens where they oh, just yeah. design design a really cool like weird looking cabinet and they're like now we need to create a game that fits in it <laughs> yeah. like a cabinet that just, that just attracts the eye basically yeah i never thought about yeah, that it's, it's like like making a movie but uh designing the poster first yeah it's like the the marketing team are ahead of the design team mm. so like they've, they've come out of a meeting and the marketing team have just gone and designed the cabinet and the design team are like okay we'll have that in about four years now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i guess yeah. it could be that and it could be a once-off like a test like a test in a new type of game uh or yeah. the third option being hoax which is probably the most likely but yeah. the thing with the photo is it's very low co- quality it's kind of like a scan of a photo from a newspaper uh so oh, okay the problem with that is it's hard to determine if it's actually a fake or not because it's so low quality which you know if you are to create a fake that's usually that's a good way to stop people from figuring out it's a fake by making it look like a scan of a newspaper picture making it so flawed that you can't see the telltale signs that's photoshopped yeah, gotcha, yeah. But that's what, the way to do it but what is kind of fun about this story like you know if it's all one big hoax it's a bunch of different people hoaxing <laughs> you know it's not one person yeah. so far anyway it's not one person behind it all uh, sounds sounds familiar to some theories about we'll get too deep but about the shape of the earth and stuff but anyway, um. <laughs> could be an episode too now there are there are loads of other cabinet people cabinets have popped up later like a lot of people claiming that they found polybius cabinet polybius cabinet in a storage locker you know the auction oh, of, yeah. an auction of storage lockers or whatever uh but they're all clearly hoaxers a lot of them they're hoaxes but they reveal by the you'll you'll watch a video where like oh found a polybius cabinet and by the end of the video they i don't know a monster pops out or something you know there's a lot of like found footage films like yeah or at least there was back in the day it's probably not as popular anymore but yeah in the found footage days well remember there was a period of time where youtube that was a big thing on youtube different ongoing series of kind of found footage horror stuff like there was a slender man one that went for like 500 episodes or something really yeah wow. i did i watched two that was a big thing on youtube for a while and i remember yeah. seeing a bunch of polybius stuff back then but i would say that one probably is photoshop just 
And then there have been people who have a, have claimed to have the circuit board from the original game, and people have posted photos of that uh, as proof. Yeah. Uh, but there is absolutely no point even spending any time talking about that because if you had a circuit board for the game, it means you have like a million dollars in your hand because you have the game. Yeah. If only to, like, think of this way. So a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers from 1985 will go for $2 million. Wow. That was a game that had like, I don't know how many copies of that were sold, but a lot. Though it is sealed. However, a cartridge, not a boxed cartridge, mind you, because there was no box from it. Just a cartridge of Nintendo Championship, Nintendo World Championship. Yeah. Will go for a hundred K on eBay or has gone for a hundred K. That's crazy. That's not even that's not even a real game. It's a bunch of levels from different games that were put onto this cartridge for a tournament Nintendo had. (laughs) Okay. But was it, because it was only used for these tournaments, there's only like 200 copies of the cartridge. So that's why it's uh, worth money. Because anything that's rare is worth money. Of course. So if a feckin' cartridge that isn't even an original game, that had like maybe 200 copies, can go for 100 grand, what does a, an original game that only had two, that only two of exist? Yeah. I can't even imagine what that'd be worth. That prob- would probably be worth more than like Superman number one, or Action Comics number yeah, one, as you call it. It's ridiculous how much someone would pay for that. All those accounts are absolute bullshit. Anybody claiming to have the, the circuit board. Yeah. Or it's so valuable that I it would never go to public auction. You'd just get contacted by some crazy millionaire or billionaire you've yeah, never, like you've never even heard of. Somebody. Like it wouldn't like you know what I mean? It wouldn't be it wouldn't be Mark Zuckerberg or um or Jeff Bezos. It'd be some billionaire who's like the fourth richest man in the world that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> or his son or some or something. <laughs> yeah. Just they just arrive at your dorm room and they're like Or it'd probably yeah. probably be some video game company. Yeah. Men in black suits just arrive yeah. and just take it and just leave a blank check. <laughs> There are also some uh, eyewitness accounts of people who claimed to have been involved in the production of the game. Ah. Now, so there's one guy, weird username he went by, but PRGO17, that's what yeah. he was called. Uh, sometime in 2008, he made a post online where he claimed to have worked on the development of Polybius. Yeah. And I couldn't verify actually where he posted this originally. I just, like googled it for a while and eventually found uh, a GeoCities, an archived GeoCities post. But I don't know where it actually originally came from. This could have been somebody reposting it there. Anyway, it's not really important. I'll just read out uh, some of what he said, because it's quite funny. So it begins, uh, I know I will not be believed. This story will be called a hoax because I have no real information. I don't know why reals in Yeah, yeah. It's in like quotation marks. It's weird. Anyway, but still, I believe this must be told. I have information on the game Polybius and the subsystem called the Sega Genesis CD. I do not force you to believe this, though with this information I have learned on the human brain. Terrible sentence. Though with the, oh sorry, with the information I've learned on the human brain, still a terrible sentence. It is likely that with the proper video technology, I could. And from there, basically, it just gets worse. He says, uh, I was a programmer in Sega's arcade division. Suddenly, we received a request to create a game, which was very odd. This would have been ignored, but the sources, the source was supposedly a secret organization operating with some sort of government power. So this sounds like a 12-year-old who's bad at writing fiction, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I am not sure to this day what country they were working for. We were given a project sheet and a map of the human brain (laughs) and how to to stimulate those areas. And we're told to uh, integrate them into the video game. So yeah, I just, it's so badly written. It's really bad. Uh, fan fiction kind of first two sentences is somebody not very intelligent trying to sound intelligent that's yeah that's exactly that type of writing it's um it's when like people who people who only watched a few sci-fi movies don't like read sci-fi novels try to write a sci-fi novel yeah it's that um yeah it's terrible 
it's the like this <laughs> we were given a project sheet and a map of the human brain <laughs> like <laughs> But it's funny because like it's it's such a long post and uh, he gives absolutely no new information. The only thing, the only new piece of new information he adds to the existing legend is the inclusion of Sega and oh, yeah. the t- same technology. Saying he says the same technology would later be used on the Sega CD, but that came out like a decade later and yeah. it wasn't. It, sorry, it just sounds like someone who didn't do the research and is like as you said, twelve. <laughs> doesn't realise that Sega Saturn came out in the 90s and not the 80s. Like. Yeah. He's just, oh, and that's an old thing, so I'll mention that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an obvious fake and a really bad one. Do you know, it's only worth giving time because it's so bad it's funny. The, the user clearly doesn't know anything about game development or storytelling. <laughs> he, like, even later towards the end, like, he starts using uh, the most cliched phrases, like, the monster we had created. <laughs> and... Uh, at one one point he says the game testers who worked for us had odd mind problems like <laughs> such a terrible sentence that's such a weird expression people that work in a anybody working in game development probably smarter than the than the average person yeah i would guess maybe that's not true but anybody i know that works in that industry they're all very very smart people uh they definitely don't speak like well idiots yeah yeah like i think the best line he uses in his um account is <laughs> well I, I he calls it a confession as well but i don't know why he actually actually confesses to but he refers to a code activate that the code in the video game activated a mind altering system just like i don't like he's just putting words together he thinks sounds cool <laughs> it's it's word like, salad it's just, yeah it's just yeah it's it, nonsense. it means means nothing yeah but even there, like I, like I just said, oh, there must be a frequency in either the audio or the the way the lights are, f- the light is flashing that affects the human brain, which is just be, he's just going a totally different direction there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with the technology available at the time, and the fact that okay, they, they could affect sound waves and the frequency in which light flashed and possibly unlocked some way that they got into the into another layer of how your brain works or something that's it's most likely what's the case yeah. there uh, he uh the, the the only reason this account kind of pops up in the canon of polybius is because he was one of the first people to claim to have been involved in it that's the only reason yeah yeah if he wasn't the first to post this confession he'd yeah. just been called out straight away i think he was called out straight away anyway yeah at least he gets his mention in the in the history of polybius yeah that's it <laughs> was another another guy who was taken well yeah he was taken more serious and told perhaps a more believable story uh he claimed to have oh actually wait did he come first or second i wrote this i just want to make sure oh right sorry so this user actually came forward before pg 17 or whatever his name was uh this guy was stephen roach uh, and he claimed to be in, involved in development. He, it was, sorry, it was coinop.org. That's what I was trying to remember. He posted on the forums there. That was the IMDb of arcade games that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, so when the entry first popped up there, he responded in the forums saying that he um, had actually uh, been one of the co-founders of the company Senesian or Senesian. I still, I just don't know how to pronounce that. But like I said, yeah. made up word. So he said he... He had uh, started it in the Czech Republic uh, with yeah. a few friends who saw, uh, in his own words, he said, with a few friends who saw programming as a side hustle. Uh, and that's kind of a red flag for me because I'm not sure programming is something anybody does as, as a side hustle. But anyway. <laughs> and the second red flag I would say there is that, so he said he founded this company with friends in the Czech Republic uh, in 1981 yeah. uh, when the Czech Republic didn't exist. It was Czechoslovakia. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think he just, that's easy. Like, it's the same country. Yeah. But he claims to be Welsh and he moved to, he moved to Czechoslovakia when he was 15 
because his parents had business interests there. And I would question that like a British, so a British family moving to a Soviet, a Soviet Union state or a satellite state of the Soviet Union in the early 80s for business interests. I guess it's not the weirdest thing in the world, but I don't know. Yeah, unusual. Certainly, certainly noteworthy. And like, yeah. you know, a lot of like famous uh, video games, well, maybe not a lot, but uh, at least one famous video game came out of the Soviet Union, Tetris. So one of the most famous video games. Oh, yeah. So that part's not weird. I just question the, the backstory a little. But yeah, so he claimed that their startup was approached in 1980 by a South American company, uh, in his own words, that shall remain nameless for legal purposes, to develop a new arcade game featuring revolutionary graphics. According to Roach, the team created uh, an addictive creative title by merging raster and vector graphics. And that's a claim other programmers have just denied would have been possible at the time. Apparently, so the, the sponsors of... His, him and his friend's company were so enamored with the work being done that they decided to just like rush ahead and release a couple of the cabinets to a select few arcades just to test it on on the, on the target audience while they were still developing the game. Okay. So which would explain the, the handful of arcades in, in Portland. And according to Roach, yeah. shortly after, they received news that a 13-year-old boy from uh, the Lloyd district of Portland, had suffered an epileptic fit while playing the game. Only six days after that, the machines were removed and destroyed. Interesting. Yeah, so he said, uh, yeah, he said companies, company directors descended on the town uh, to assess the situation. And that probably is what accounts for the men in black suits hanging around, according to him. Yeah. And uh, did I mention as well, He it was from him... The, the idea that there was more than two games comes from his account. I think he said there was seven in total that he knows of, but they were all he he still said they were all in Portland. Wow. Now he didn't he didn't follow up interviews, but never really gave much more information. He kind of just retells the same story. Yeah, his account kind of changes some things. He kind of the idea of it being an MK Ultra experiment kind of disappear with his version. I would say. Yep. But then there is something of a global conspiracy because it has like a company from South Africa or South America working with a state, a, so a satellite state of the Soviet Union exporting a game to North America. <laughs> you know, it's it's still yeah. mysterious. So was it South America or South Africa? Sorry, I said South Africa the first time. It was South America. Uh, okay, because instantly South America, 80s makes you think of Nazis who have hidden <laughs> <laughs> in like Argentina and shit. That was, uh, but then they wouldn't be working with the Soviets, so that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's insane. Well, it was working with the Soviets on paper, maybe, but like Czechoslovakia, did, so a lot, of, a lot of them there didn't didn't like being part of that union. Yeah, <laughs> though I suppose there was the scientists who were the ones who were taken in by uh, the Soviets, and then they also probably after a couple of years fucked off to South America to true, be with their true. brethren so it's possible the connection goes both ways um, well is, but, uh, does this story sound more believable to you like certainly more believable than the last account I read out to you but does it sound yeah. in general is this something you would buy kind of lines what I was saying at the start is maybe it was an experiment and I, the company didn't realise like it was an accidental thing and then I have stories of and hearing that it was a boy had an epileptic fit like for a company like that testing out a game and their whole push is for graphics so they were pushing the boundaries of graphics and ways to they're playing with displays and light and frequencies yeah again. yeah to me that makes sense and like that's way more believable and then over time that that story has been exaggerated or has been chinese whispered into different things down through yeah, the years yeah, yeah. So that, but now remember, his account does come only comes in like 2006. So the the myth is already yeah. out there. But I know what you mean. Like, yeah, it's ha his story is true, and that's what gave birth to the myth. I guess like the reason yeah. I kind of don't like his his version because it takes away a lot of the mystique to it. Like I know the, the conspiracy aspect. The like in his version, it's just oh, the game. It was a kind of a test run for the game because the financiers just really liked the work being done and wanted to just they just wanted the public to see it and to get some feedback. And yeah. then one kid has an epileptic fit and it just ruins everything. Yeah. 
And like part of me is like, well, that doesn't sound like a fake account because if you were, if you wanted to like become part of the hoax, why would you make the hoax less cool? <laughs> like less yeah, creepy exactly. and less uh, mysterious. But then maybe this, maybe it's a hoaxer that just likes ruining things for people. Yeah, I'm going to come in and tell a really plausible story. Yeah, exactly. Trying to make it sound more believable. I do question just because the backstory is why I would question some of it. That's the least believable part of that whole story. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also not beyond the realm of possibility. Like people did do shit like that. Um, but yeah. well, and it's also the part his reluctance to name the companies as a, a like a South American company that shall remain nameless for legal purposes. Like, well, what legal purposes? Like, yeah. you can't get you, you can't be sued for saying you worked for. Like, if, if you had a con- if you had a company that were contracted to make a game for somebody, there's like there's no way they can sue you for just saying that you once had that contract. Yeah, and so I feel like there he's kind of implying they're a shady company. He like he yeah. is he's sprinkling in a little bit of mystery, but trying to make it sound more plausible. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it Hydra? <laughs> yeah, but as well, like say, yeah, like if you worked for a company, what so two thousand six? So it's at that stage, it's twenty years ago from, and yeah. twenty years ago, they they were directly responsible for a kid, not even says dying, but just having an epileptic fit, and maybe there was a, a lawsuit by a family. Like 20 years later, you're not going to give a fuck. Like, why Well, what I was going to say there, I, I don't think because it's 1981, I doubt they would be considered directly responsible because the understanding of the flashing lights in these games having an effect yeah. on somebody with epilepsy what just wasn't known. I, I don't know when games and movies started having the, the flashing light warning, but I remember being a kid and not seeing them on video game. I remember like... yeah. I, I can't pinpoint the time, but I definitely know that there was a time in my life where I started to notice those warnings appear on things. Me too, yeah, yeah. I would say mid to late 90s. Just from, without, like, literally just from experience of life, not from, I'm not going to, like, research that. Just saying, like, that's yeah, what I yeah. So I know in 1997, famously in Japan, there was an incident an incident that became known as a Pokemon shock. Oh, yeah. Where there was an episode of Pokemon that there was a strobe effect and it caused like tens of thousands of children to have seizures like and caused widespread pa- panic and they showed like po- Pokemon was like cancelled for four months or on hiatus <laughs> for four months and nearly got cancelled because they thought the entire show was doing yeah. this that episode was banned and this studio like destroyed it or whatever wow. which also by the way was a big joke in the Simpsons when they go to Japan oh yeah it's like seizure seizure Remember television yeah, watching yeah. Pokemon and it's a seizure show yeah, yeah. or seizure seizure uh, robot happy hour or something like that because yeah for a second I thought you were talking about like in the Pokemon games because when you're playing the games like the classic Pokemon games it was like Pokemon blue red was it gold or yellow or gold or whatever it's called? When you go like into an attack, it uh, like the whole screen like blinks. Or when you're hit with an attack, I think it's when say mm, you were when yeah, the Pokemon yeah. you're playing with is killed. It's just like bling, 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 and it's real flashy. And I thought that's what you meant, but of course it's the episode of the cartoon. I didn't even think of that. Like me, you are Irish. You went to school in Ireland. Yes. If there was a kid in your class that had a seizure, watching Pokemon. When would the bullying end? What what age would he be before people stopped bullying him about being a little pussy? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm saying that speaking as a 12-year-old in the 90s, not as me. Yes, of course. um, Sorry, as a 12-year-old bully in the 90s. (laughs) I don't know when that would end. You'd just be called weak for so long. Everyone would be like, I can't believe you from playing a game or watching a TV show. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told you this story before, but relating to that in no real way, but um, principal in primary school used to smoke roll-ups in the class as he was teaching because it was <laughs> 90s Ireland. Nobody gave me shit. Yeah. There was one kid who had asthma 
and like his mother complained and so our principal <laughs> no longer could smoke in class anymore. He used to have to go out for a cigarette or he'd smoke out the window. Like he'd give us some work to do and then he'd go over, open the window and just stand smoking out the window. And we, yeah. like, <laughs> I can't remember the, the kid's name, but let's say he was Michael Kelly. We're like, oh, we can Kelly, you pussy. You can't even stand a bit of smoke. We bullied this kid. Not bullied, but it probably doesn't actually constitute as bully. Racist, yeah. We were racist, yeah. that was We teased him because his mother complained about him not wanting to be around secondhand cigarette smoke, which is the most reasonable thing in the world. I know, yeah. Like now, but like we turned it like... But even then it was reasonable. It's just like kids will take any weakness and make it into yeah. <laughs> like uh, something to torment you with. That's uh, just funny. But um, the point was, uh, yeah, Pokemon cause seizures. So perhaps this video game could have too. It's very hard to record when a dog is looking for attention. <laughs> you can probably hear him. His ears flapping. He's just, he's like straight up trying to get in. Oh, Jesus, Leroy. But yeah, so his account of it just causing an epileptic fit in one kid, yeah, it's it's quite plausible, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the only things that make me que- would make me question his story is, well, I question it because I question the existence of Polybius anyway, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it's the the first parts and the setting of it that make me question it. The, the moving to Czech Republic and all that. But what is um, kind of an interesting aside, uh, so as you can imagine, there aren't many Stephen Roaches living in the Czech Republic. Yeah. This one claims to currently reside there. Uh, but if you look for him online, if you're to do a search and like look through all the results, you will find one who made the news in 1998. Wow. Which, you know, interestingly, not around the same time or maybe like... Yeah, no, around the same time, Polybius is said to have uh, made its way onto the web. Yeah. Uh, so I'll read you the article, or, well, the first line of an article from why this Stephen Roach made the news. This is from <laughs> okay. the Intrepid Net Reporter, December 12th, 1998. Morova Academy Security Director Stephen Roach, missing in Czech Republic. Czech officials told IntrepidNet today that they have been unable to find Stephen Roach for more than a week and are preparing an arrest warrant for violating bail conditions. Stephen Roach was the security director of Morova Academy in a place I can't pronounce in Czech Republic. He was arrested in November along with his wife, Glenda, and two Czech citizens and charged with a variety of offences, including child torture. Oh, my God. <laughs> you didn't see it going that there, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was killed under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> His black unmarked no. car was the last thing seen <laughs> at the scene or something. But <laughs> maybe it's a smear campaign to hide the truth. I'm not saying this is the same Stephen Roach. Though one journalist, uh, and I should have written down her name, but uh, I'll confirm it. Maybe in the second part I'll confirm it. Uh she does claim to have proof that they are the same person, oh, but wow. has, has yet to present it. Yeah. Uh, but either way, this Roach and his wife are American, not Welsh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're both former police officers. Okay. But it is interesting that a hoaxer would choose the same name of this guy who, like, if this was a hoaxer pretending to be in the Czech, pretending to be called Stephen Roach, yeah. it is interesting that he took the name of an actual guy named Stephen Roach yeah. in the Czech Republic. And it, uh, it's it's very weird. Every time you say Stephen Roach, I'm just like, it's such a common Irish name. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, I was like, do I, how, do I know a Stephen Roach? I know, I, I was going through exactly that and I was like, I definitely went to school with a Stephen Roach. And I think a Stephen Roach is, isn't there this famous bicyclist, uh, or cyclist? It's Stephen Roach, isn't it? Well, for a second, I was actually about to be like, wait a minute, don't you know Stephen Roach, Shane? Because for some reason, a lot of your friends are named Stephen. And there's one of them that I thought for a second was named Stephen Roach. Uh, do you know what? I questioned that myself too. So. 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I found that interesting. Uh, what is more, uh, or what else is interesting about that is that, that this Stephen Roach, the, the child torture Stephen Roach, uh, he was in the Czech press. You know, Polybius is all about, you know, MK Ultra mind control, all that. Uh, he was referred to, the sort of nickname the press gave him was the mentor of mind control. Oh my God, that's insane. <laughs> but yeah, and this couple, uh, they fled the country uh, to escape charges. Uh, they also uh, fled Mexico in 1996 for the same reasons. They were running a school there too and wow. are soon to be living in the Bahamas under assumed identities. But it seems like a lot of people actually know where they are. But uh, yeah, they were basically running like um, schools for children, like special schools and stuff. And we're just, uh, I, I don't even want to get into it because that's not the topic of this episode, but like uh, weird stuff. Wow. I think mostly psychological torture. and Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so odd. But like I was looking up, there, there is actually a website called, oh... What's the name? The school is like Morova Academy and it's like survivors of morovaacademy.org. Holy shit. And there's accounts of people who are like, were sent over there. Like it's a boarding school essentially. And there's people from like America that were sent there. And this couple were running it and just like wow. all sorts of nasty shit. Again, like I know, I just went on a, that's a huge detour from what we're talking about. But I, for some yeah. reason... I got fascinated with the idea. I, I just, as, as common as Stephen Roach might be in Ireland, it's very uncommon in the Czech Republic. And for there to be two, and yeah. just for them to come around the same time and both like involve mind control, I just think that's a mad coincidence. Yeah. So, so do you think that uh, he just jumped on this bandwagon because he's fascinated with mind control stuff and decided to try and throw his name in it to whatever I don't know well I was thinking like is it like some weird deluded way to try and make it is this the actual Stephen Roach and he's like I'll tell this Polybius story and then the other stuff that comes up is he trying to like do a Conor McGregor and change the Google results essentially yeah. like every time a bad news story is about to come out about Conor McGregor he'll tweet that he's retiring because oh, yeah, that yeah. way when people search him the first news result will be him retiring and not yeah. the horrible shit he's done so I was thinking is it something like that or is he going with is it a way to say oh everything you've read before this that's them trying to ruin my reputation so as I'm not taken seriously yeah yeah it's um, it could be either that's smart or is he genuine and they're trying to ruin his reputation it could, it could be, it could be. <laughs> now, I don't want to turn into a conspiracy podcast, but. <laughs> no, I mean, I can answer that. Uh, well, like, it's not an answer, but. Well, actually, whether they're the same people or not. Yeah. Uh, they could be the same people. But I can pretty much say with like 99.999% certainty that everything Stephen Roach, whether it's his real name or not, has said in relation to him working on Polybius is absolutely untrue. Yeah. And I'll explain why next time, because I think that's a good place to uh, wrap up for part one of Polybius. Yeah. I think it deserves two parts because there's still a lot to talk about. Before we leave, any, any thoughts on it? Uh, or any new thoughts other than what you had in the beginning? Uh, Wow, now it <laughs> you you've given me so much to think about now. I can cut that out. You don't need to answer it. No. Um you've given me so much to think about. I need to digest <laughs> this more and then I'll give you some more thoughts in part two, I think. And uh, in part two we'll go through more the the timeline of uh the legend itself to try and figure out where it originated and um, yeah. we can like try and solve the case as best we can. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it for now. Uh, you know, the usual, if you've listened to us or any other podcast, you know, you know the drill. Subscribe, rate, review. If if whatever app you're listening to us on allows reviews, because uh, that, that shit really helps. Uh, yeah, big time. Especially in the early stages. Well, like, this is the first episode, so it'd be great to get a bunch of, of reviews or even just ratings early on. And I'm going to be real honest, if, uh, you know, after like six episodes of this, tops, if we're not like in the top of a lot of charts, I'll pull the plug. Like, 
yeah it's not worth the effort at that point yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. ain't like because we're still planning we're, we're still doing disaster artists we're not uh just hanging our hat this is a just an extra one this is something new yeah basically we can't just talk about the the apocalypse and disaster movies we need to have other conversations <laughs> but we need to start topping some charts pretty quickly if you want to continue to hear it so uh, tell your friends tell your dad uh, and if you have any experience with uh, polybius and or any other mysterious arcade games get in touch with us and uh yeah, I guess all our social media links will be... We'll put a link in the description with all our other links. Yeah. Uh, I haven't set up anything yet, but we will. And I guess, you know, what I'd like to say until next time, remember, don't trust everything you see on the internet, but trust us. <laughs>